0: Good morning. Today's Old Testament scripture is from the book of Genesis and can be found on page 53 in your Pew Bible. Genesis 32, starting with verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, thank you, his two maidservants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. The New Testament reading is from the book of Matthew, and is found on page 1520 in your Pew Bible. Matthew 14.13 When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat, privately, to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. The word of God for the people of God.
1: Thank you, Janice. Well, friends, would you join me in prayer this morning? Loving and gracious God, speak to us today. We're hungry for a word from you, and so we pray that you might open our hearts to receive whatever it is that you would give us. As we pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, amen. How many of you know what your name means? Some of you do. Judy, what does your name mean? Praise. Praise. All right, we got a bunch of Judies here, so that covers a bunch of people. <laughs> Peter, you had your hand up. What does Peter mean? Built on stone. Very biblical name. Anybody else know what your name means? Janice. Did you hear what Janice said? It's the female version of John. It means beloved of God. Nathaniel, what does your name mean? Gift from God. I'm afraid to ask Tony what his name means. <laughs> but I'm going to take a step of faith and say Tony stands for to, New York. to to New York, huh? <laughs> Somehow I don't think that's what that means. Oh, I'm calling on you. You don't I know your name, baby. Say it loud. Old friend. That's Auden, by the way, one of my twins. Mary, what does your name mean? Mother of God. We've got some powerful names in this house, don't we? What what does Nelson mean? Champion! Wow. So we have our names, which we've identified. Judy means praise. Peter means built on rock. We won't get into what Tony means. So we, we know names signify something, don't they? Now, when you couple that with a surname, your last name, what do you have? What do you carry with you, with your last name? Family, heritage, a long history, Right? Your your first name, now listen carefully to the explanations that some people gave of their name. A lot of that is what? It is forward-looking. It is about living into a particular destiny, a particular reality, a way of being, right? Beloved, champion, built on rock, praise. Those are all aspirational things, things toward which we might strive. Good, beauty goodness. And we carry with us our last name, which brings the past into the future, doesn't it? We carry with us our heritage, all the people who have formed us into who we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And friends, we've all got that in our families, don't we? All of that is signified by our last name that we carry. So your name, both your first name and your last name, We can leave out middle names for now, if you have one. Bring together the future and the past into who you are in the present. Names are so vital and key in scripture. A name is just not nomenclature. Not just something that sounds nice coming off the tongue like Nathan or Esther or David or Abraham. In the Bible, a name means something significant. And we find moments in scripture when someone's name is changed. Because they step into a new destiny, a new role that God has for them. We've already found that once in Genesis, haven't we? With Jacob's grandfather, who goes from Abram to Abraham. And Jacob's grandmother, Sarah, who goes from Sarai to Sarah. And in that name change comes a shift in who they are and in what God has called them to do and to be. Well, today our Jacob takes again center stage in our story from Genesis. We know what his name means, don't we? The deceiver. And we already have seen that his actions, the way that he has treated people, the way he's interacted with his brother... His relationship with his parents, deceit, a lack of integrity and truthfulness is all tied up in those relationships. So his name, Jacob, literally says something about his character. And so we've seen him deceive, take what was not rightfully his by deceiving his father into getting the blessing that should have gone to Esau. Esau is enraged, Jacob flees for his life, and what happens? He goes back to where his mother is from, and in Laban, his mother's uncle, he finds he's met his match. He deceives him by tricking him when when, uh, Jacob wanted Rachel, and instead he got Leah as his wife. And then Laban had him work a whole lot longer so that he could have Rachel as his wife. We find today in Genesis 32, that we've gone from chapter 29 last week to 32, and in the middle of that we find um, that after 20, 25 years or so, maybe longer, finally Jacob and Esau are going to meet. And they've worked through messengers and emissaries to sort out this meeting. Jacob is going to bring all this stuff to try to appease his brother. He's bringing cattle, he's bringing goods He's going to try to reconcile with him. And it is the night before he goes to meet Esau that he wrestles. This famous scripture where Jacob encounters, scholars are a little unsure whether we're supposed to understand Jacob as wrestling with God himself or an emissary, a messenger of God, but that's really beside the point. We find in the Old Testament all the time, That God will will act and work through an angelic messenger. The angelic messenger conveys God's very will and his presence to a human being. So there's a divine messenger that Jacob wrestles with all night long. If you're wrestling all night long with someone, that's not just a little skirmish. That's not just a little tussle. Jacob is fighting for his life. This is a huge moment. He's on the precipice of something here. And he knows it. And he's fighting and wrestling. And daybreak comes and he says to his wrestling partner, I won't let you go until you bless me. I won't let you go. Until you bless me. So how does the angelic messenger respond? God's emissary. Tell me your name. What's your name? His name is Jacob. Friends, sometimes God won't lead us into a place of real change until we're willing to admit who we are. Jacob has to say out loud who he is. The deceiver. Someone who has hurt other people, who has used them, who has manipulated, who has not lived with integrity. And until he's willing to say out loud who he is, there's no possibility of change. And the same goes for us. If we're not willing to look at the hard truth, and to say out loud the things that we have done and the things that have done to us, God will not bring us into a new identity and into a new place of knowing and realizing his blessing. We have to grapple with the old before we can move into the new. We have to deal with our past if we're going to have the future that God wants for us. And so Jacob wrestles, he, gets, he says his name to the angel, the angel gives him a new name. His name is Israel now. Now Here's the thing with this name change. Jacob, his name is all about him. About his, his lack of, of, uh, 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 of, of moral upstanding character. That he is a, not a truth teller, that he deceives. Do you know what the name Israel means? Scholars actually think that the the primary actor in the name has shifted. With Jacob, the focus was on him. With Israel, the focus is on God. God, the one who struggles and the one who provides. All of that is wrapped up and implied in that name, Israel. Jacob, in a moment of transformation, goes from a life that is about him and now shifts into a new identity where the focus is not on himself, where the focus is instead on God. And get this, after they finish wrestling, Jacob asks a a question. He's been blessed. He has a new name. He asks a a reasonable question, right? I mean, if you've wrestled with, with, with this divine messenger and you've been given a new name, wouldn't you want to know who it was that you're wrestling with? So Jacob just says, and what is your name? And what does the messenger reply? Why do you ask my name? You're blessed. And he's gone. Why do you ask my name? You're blessed. And he's gone. Leaving Jacob with a limp that he carries with him for the rest of his life. A visible, tangible, physical sign of his transformation experience. If you wonder though, why why, why doesn't he get an answer to what seems like a very simple question? Well, I heard something this week that deals with that little text that is so profound, and that is this. When you encounter God and you leave transformed, God stamps his name on you. And you have to know your new name. And if you know your new name, you know the one who gave you that name. When God touches and transforms you and changes you, He leaves a stamp on you. He leaves a mark. And if you know that stamp, if you know that mark, you know the one who stamped you and marked you. The early church in the book of Acts, they were called Christians. You know what Christian means? Little Christ. Christ. Christians were called the name of the one that they followed. That was their identity and that was their name. They carried his name. And so for you and I, if we're going to move into what God wants for us, if we're going to let go of the old and move into the new, if we're going to allow God to clean us up, to deal with our, 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 our lack, to give us a new character... We have to let go and be willing to step into what he wants to do and receive his name and his stamp on us. To move from a life focused on ourselves and what we do and what others have done to us and all of that stuff that we carry and receive his name. To understand ourselves as he understands us. To see ourselves in his life not our own or not how anybody else sees us. Who he sees us, what God calls us, is our primary identity. Nothing else matters. Rich, poor, Republican, Democrat, white, black, all of those things fade into the background as we take on our new identity. The stamp with which we have been marked, that we are now his, that he's made us Friends, that's a promise for every Christian. It's given to us. God wants us to live into that. Sometimes we've got to wrestle. Sometimes we might walk away with a limp. Change is never easy. But over and over again in the Scripture, God will take someone to a place. Not to hurt them, but to change them. Because so often, change happens on the crucible. It's uncomfortable. It can hurt. But coming out on the other side, we realize that we were created for more than just what has been. That God wants to bless us with his promise, just as he blessed Jacob. Friends, are you ready to move from the old into the new? To live into your identity of who God wants you to be? Get ready, maybe, for a little pain. Hurts a little bit. You might walk away with a limp. But you'll be able to look back on that place and call it.